0: Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism. Sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here? Of course, we will talk to cluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a realistic way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I'm your host Desiree and I am very excited to be sharing something different with you over these next several weeks of the podcast first of all I should note that the reason we're doing something different is we just welcomed our second daughter Juna into the family earlier this month and we have just been over the moon in love and enjoying these early days as a family of four. So because of that I am taking my own advice to slow down and savor and be present. So what you'll be seeing from me over the next few weeks is some reruns especially guest episodes that were from way back when maybe 2000 18, 19, maybe 2020, even some of these episodes that I know that new listeners probably haven't heard. And if you have been listening since way back then, hopefully it will continue to add value in, you know, a new phase of your life. I know as I have listened to these carefully selected guest episodes, again, I feel they are just reaching me where I need them in this season of life. I hope the same for you. I'm excited about this. This is something I've wanted to do for a while, but I've just been hesitant, not knowing if it would add value. But as I looked through my catalog of episodes and saw some of the guest episodes from way back when and re-listened to them, I knew for sure this is what I needed to do because they really do add value and they're really hiding all the way back in those beginning episodes. So I'm excited to share them with you. This first one is one of my first dream guests that I had on the podcast and that is Joshua Becker fun fact, he's also the only male guest I've had on the podcast other than my husband. But I love this episode. I think it just has so much value when it comes to realistic minimalism with a family. I won't say any more because I introduce it all in this episode back from 2019. But I do want to say that there's a little bit of weird audio in the beginning. So just bear with me on that. It does get better about like a minute or two into the episode. So thank you for your grace on that. And let's dive in to this first 3 three-run episode with Joshua Becker. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. I am so glad you're here this week. This week's episode is a guest interview with Joshua Becker. I cannot wait to share with you our discussion on just getting started with decluttering. We talk about the easiest place to start, the hardest places to declutter, how to maintain a minimal home, and what to do when you don't have time to declutter. This episode is full of so many actionable steps and actionable tips when it comes to decluttering. I am just excited to be able to share this with you. I really think it's going to help you if you're feeling like either you're in like a place where you feel stuck with decluttering or if you just don't even know where to start. This episode right here is a great place to start. Let's get to this episode with Joshua Becker. Let me just quickly tell you a little bit about him if you don't know who he is. He is the founder of the website Becoming Minimalists that inspires people to live more by owning less. He's the author of Simplify, The More of Less, and The Minimalist Home, which we are going to talk about a lot in today's episode. He's also the creator of Simplify Magazine and The Simple Money Magazine. And he's the founder of The Hope Effect, a nonprofit organization changing how the world cares for orphans. He and his family dove into minimalism back in 2008, and since then, he's been encouraging other families to do the same. His books have really encouraged my family and I in our journey towards minimalism. And I am just so honored that I got to speak with him and that I get to share this conversation with you. So let's just dive in. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Joshua Becker. Okay, well, we have Joshua Becker today, as I said, and I'm so excited because my husband and I started this journey and your books, your work has really helped guide us through. So I'm so excited to be chatting with you today.
1: Well, I am pleased to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Yeah. And before we really dive in, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, as you said, my name's Joshua. My friends call me Joshua. So that works out well.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I have been uh, pursuing and writing and blogging and speaking about minimalism for 11 years Um. I'm in my mid 40s uh with two kids they're both teenagers now but we started our journey when they were younger 5 and 2. Um I didn't I didn't ever start out my life um minimalist it wasn't how I grew up I I was much more just your pretty typical suburban american getting paid more and buying bigger houses and putting more stuff inside of them. Um my uh my life changed on a Saturday morning. Uh, I was cleaning out my garage. My son was five and um, he was in the backyard asking me to come play with him while I was working on my garage project and pulling things out and organizing and tidying everything up. And my neighbor, I was complaining about how long the project was taking. Uh, My neighbor said, as I started complaining to her, uh, she said, that's why my daughter's a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own so much stuff. And I remember looking at the pile of things in my driveway, knowing full well that my possessions weren't making me happy. At least that's what I would have said, right? We all would say that. But out of the corner of my eye, there was my son swinging alone on the swing set in the backyard where he'd been all morning long. And I realized that not only were my possessions not making me happy, even worse, um, all my possessions were actually taking me away from the very thing that did bring me happiness in life um, and joy and purpose and significance and meaning. And uh, I always think that's probably the, the foundational truth of minimalism, um, that when people see it and recognize it, it's, what's, it's what draws them to the idea of owning less. Um, not just saying that our possessions aren't making us happy, but realizing that our excess possessions are actually distracting us from the things that do bring us happiness. They're, they're keeping us from the life we wish we were living um, instead. And so that's, that's what started our journey. And um, yeah, much like you, I started blogging about it pretty early on and just kind of telling our story and uh, more and more people were drawn to it and got to inspire more and more people. And now I get to be here today. So how wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's I love that story. Um, It's so true that our possessions and cleaning up can take so much time just taking care of our stuff and so much time away from the things that really do matter to us. So can you tell us a little bit more about your newest book, The Minimalist Home, your reason behind writing it?
1: So I wrote a book called The More of Less, Finding the Life You Want Under Everything You Own. It came out in spring of 2016. And it was going to be my my book about minimalism, um, making the case for it, explaining it, helping people understand all the, the benefits that come from owning less. And uh, I love the book. I love how it came out. Most people liked it. It's got pretty good reviews on Amazon, so I'm pretty happy about that. You never know for sure what people are going <laughs> to think uh, about your book. But um, there were a large number of people who said, this is great. I'm in. Like this makes sense to me. I want to own less, but how do I do it? How do I get there? Like, can you practically walk me through my home, especially because I have a family, um, and I don't know how they're going to respond to it? And and it's it was interesting to me those just a little bit behind the scenes. Um, the number of those comments that I that I received surprised me because. Um, my neighbor introduced me to minimalism and like, that was all I needed. Like I'm, I'm in like, how am I going to figure this out and how am I going to get through the house and what am I going to get rid of and what am I going to keep? And I, like, I kind of liked figuring it out for myself, um, how I was going to implement it in my life. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought to myself, you know, it, it really would have been helpful to have a book to look back on and someone who's done this before and. Um, this worked really well, and this didn't work, and and have someone who could kind of mentor me through the process a little bit. So um, so that's why I wrote The Minimalist Home. It's a, a, a room-by-room guide to a decluttered, refocused life, and uh, it walks people through. Uh, I think there's 18 different spaces in your home that we go through, where to, from the car and living room to attic and basement and storage shed and garage. And so so we cover it all.
0: That's great. Um, And I feel the same way. I mean, I think when, when we kind of dove into minimalism, it was really starting to gain traction at that point. And now it seems to have really exploded. And I think from the beginning, I was kind of searching for that too, in a way of just like, okay, what what are the questions I need to ask and you know what what really needs to stay and what needs to go in each room. So I have a few questions for you on that. And I would love to know what you think is, well, I already know because I read, I read your book, but um, I would love you to tell our listeners, what do you think is the easiest room in the home to declutter for the average person?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the book um, encourages people to um, work through their home easiest to hardest starting with the most lived in areas first a lot of times when people hear minimalism they hear owning less and they're they're drawn to it but their mind tends to run to like the hardest thing that they would ever have to get rid of um, okay this is great but how would I ever get rid of my books or how would I ever get rid of my yarn stash or how would I ever get rid of my sentimental items like how do I get rid of my hobby, camping, outdoor gear. Like we tend to think of the, the hardest thing that we would ever have to get rid of or people go home and they start in like the garage or the basement The at, like they start in these really cluttered spaces. And when they do that, they tend to get very frustrated pretty early on because you can spend an hour and a half taking things out of the garage and not see any difference in your garage whatsoever. And so people are like, oh gosh, I, and they just, like they just give up before they, they see any progress. And so the, the book takes a different approach and it says rather than starting in the hardest places in your home, let's start in the easiest spaces, spaces that you live in so you can complete a room and you can enjoy the benefits of that room. You can see how owning less is improving your life right away. And then use that motivation to go tackle the, the next hardest space in your home. And uh, so usually I tell, I, th- I think a car, like your car is a great place for people to get started. Usually you can get rid of, like you can do your car in like 10 minutes and just put everything in a bag that doesn't need to be there and take it out of your car. And then the next time you sit down in your car, it feels like so much better to not have a little Rubber ball running around in the back, or you know, a bunch of empty water bottles or pens, whatever it might be. Just feels very nice, and you're like, "This feels great." What else? Where else can I do this? And so, I usually refer people to their living room next uh, because that was the next space that we did, and for most people, it's it is the next easiest lived-in space. There's usually some decorations that people don't want and there's like an entertainment unit that needs to be Maybe there's a stack of books or magazines or some things have ended up in the living room that shouldn't be there like toys or tools or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, For most people, I think they can uh, accomplish the living room. Uh, It's not true in every case. Uh, I think a lot of people who live in small apartments, their living room tends to be a place where they, they, they end up storing boxes of things and have, have a lot of stuff that, that end up going there. Um, but for most people, I, I think a living room is a, a good place to, to get started next. And then I usually say like bedroom, bathrooms, closets, you know, those, those tend to be the, the easy, and then kitchen office, garage, attic, like those things come, come towards the end when you build up that muscle a little bit.
0: Yeah. I like that. I, we had a really open concept home when we started. So we kind of did start in the living areas in general. Um, but it's funny that you say you talk about the car because I've always been like a cluttered car person. And I just recently finally tackled that is like minimalism was something that was in my entire, like seeping through my entire life except for my car. <laughs> and, and it's been such a change since but Yeah, yeah. The, the
1: the living room is great. I mean, I remember doing my living room and like sitting down and I don't, I wish I could remember how long it took half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe. Um, and it wasn't like I had to know exactly like what charity these things are going to, and what am I selling when I'm gonna get rented? Like literally it was, I, I just took a box and I just put things inside the box that I didn't want in my living room anymore and and just moved them out to the basement until I, you know, did find where to, where to take them eventually. But like sitting down in the living room at the end of the day, it just felt so calm and peaceful and like cleaning up the living room at the end of the day became like a, a, a 45 second job. Like it just, like it used to take forever to put everything away, but It's like energy was able to flow in the room and
0: like, man,
1: I really like this minimalism thing in my home. It it feels so much better than having clutter everywhere.
0: That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armwire today. If you've wanted to know more about the Make Room Master Course, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it right now. If you feel like you are always cleaning up, but your home is never actually clean, if you feel like you're overwhelmed with your home or your life and you're drowning with too many commitments and too much to do, this course is for you. If you wanted to clutter, but you don't know where to start, or you don't even know how to enjoy motherhood, but you wish you did. If you're burned out and you're tired and you feel like there's got to be something more, or at least you hope so, friend, I made this for you because I have been there and finding a realistic version of minimalism that works for me and my family has been a huge way that I have come out of this overwhelm and exhaustion. So if you want to know what the Make Room course is, it's an online course with five modules and 25 plus audio and video lessons to help you make room for what matters, make over your days, and settle into the life that you love. The first round of this course is going to include the accountability of a Facebook group for four weeks as we go through the four main modules together, and it's going to include a live group coaching session, a Q&A session per week where you can ask any and all questions included. So that's four group coaching sessions total. This course is created to help you live more joyfully, to help you live with less so that you can have room for what matters to you, whether it's in your schedule or in your home. This course takes minimalism way past just decluttering because that's not what it's all about and that's not what it has been all about for me. The real change has come with applying minimalism to my days and my schedule and to my mindset. And I really want to help you make these essential shifts. If you're interested in things that I talk about on this podcast, if you enjoy the show from week to week, friend, you are going to love this course. And I just fully believe in everything that I've put into this course. And I cannot wait to see you in there. You can find the link to get there in the show notes, or you can go to slash master course. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so. When it comes to kind of talking about from easiest to most difficult, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What do you think the most difficult room in the house is, I guess for the average person again? And could you give some pointers and tips on tackling those like harder spaces or I guess even just like harder items?
1: Yeah. The hard spaces tend to be the larger ones, the the basement, the, the, the garage, um, actually the home office can be a lot can be difficult just because there's so much paper involved. Uh quick tip for paper. Uh, if you can find that piece of paper online, you don't need to keep a paper copy of it. So like bills and credit card statements, and all that stuff that people hold on to you just if you can find it online, um, for starters, you can get rid of it. So that takes a big chunk for a lot of people. But um, for like some of these larger spaces, basements and garages and attics, I uh, I think it is helpful to start with large items that can be removed. Um, when you think of your garage, when you think of your basement, like there are usually uh, just large items. I When we first started, my daughter was two and my son was five, and so we had just come out of that baby stage, we weren't going to have any more children. And so there was like a high chair and a crib and like the little jumper bouncy thing that
0: kids
1: (laughs) jump in, you know, and they were just, there was a piano actually down there as well, but they were, they were large items. And when you get rid of the large items first, you can see the difference occurring in the room. And I think seeing that is very encouraging for people and it motivates them to keep going. If you start by, I'm going to go through this box and this box and this box, like you can spend an hour and a half going through a box of stuff, um, old high school yearbooks and like not get very far. You spend an hour and a half and you look at the room and it doesn't look any different. But if you take out the piano, <laughs> like like right away, you can walk in. You're like, okay, I'm making progress. I can I can do it. And so, um, so doing some of those large items, I think, is always helpful at the beginning. Um, any large space can be broken into smaller, accomplishable tasks, right? So I can do this shelf today. Like I'm, I want to get through this shelf before I call it quits. Um, go through this wall or this corner. Um, and, and trying to, um, complete, complete each step before you finish, before you call it a day, basically, but not saying I need to do the whole room, but I'm going to do this whole shelf and I'm going to make it look neat and, um, get rid of the stuff that I can. So, um, so that's why I encourage people for spaces. Uh, when it comes to categories, what do I usually hear? Uh, I guess I've mentioned a few of them: books, um, sentimental things. Clothes can be a hard one for some people. Uh, Dave Bruno's book, uh, "The 100 Thing Challenge," uh, he talked about the hardest thing for him to get rid of was his woodworking tools. He said, "I never used my woodworking tools, but they were still hard for me to get rid of," and he said. Um, uh, I came to understand that I liked the idea of being a woodworker more than I actually liked woodworking. Um, it was it, I wanted it to be true of me that I was a woodworker, but in reality, I never used this stuff. In reality, I just wasn't a, uh, a woodworker. And so he, he kind of wrote about this uh, death of a dream Um, as as how he how he described it, like getting rid of that was saying, okay, that's not who I'm going to be. Um, And so I there can be those types of things in in a person's life where they realize they've always wanted to be a type of person, but they're just not. Um, I, I always think once you get rid of that fantasy version of yourself, you're able to fully live more in who you actually are. Um, so it's actually a, a good thing to do that. But I, um, number one, I tell people, like I said earlier, you, you don't start at these things. Uh, you don't start with your books and you don't start with your sentimental items. You start with your clothes. If those are the hard things for you to get rid of, um, start in easier spaces, easier places. Um, see how owning less is improving your life. Um, and then when you get to those harder things, you'll be at the mindset that says, okay, I prefer owning less. Um, Minimalism has brought money and time and energy and space and focus and I'm I'm living a a more meaningful life focused on things that matter because I own less stuff. So how can I apply these principles in this specific area? Uh, And people I think tend to find what they need once they can see the benefit of owning less. Uh, one trick is to uh, like cut your cut it in half. I usually say like, can you can you cut your book collection in half? Can you collect? Can you cut your sentimental items in half? Or get rid of one box of books. Get rid of one box of sentimental items. Usually, when you form these boundaries and you're forced to decide between what. Kind Kind of important and what's actually important and you're forced to like make those designations it it becomes a little bit easier to do if I were to ask a book collector if you could only keep 15 books which 15 books would it be Uh, it might be very difficult for them but suddenly they have okay these are the ones that I really love the most and now that you mention it some of these over here I'd they're not nearly as important as this group right here. Um, and so they, they become a little bit easier to, to get rid of. Or you could do it the other way around. What are the 15 books? If you had to get rid of 15 books, which 15 books would you get rid of? Um, and those ty- that type of mindset tends to help us see a little bit better which things we we're holding on to because we thought we had space and which things are actually meaningful to us.
0: Yeah. I think my husband and I always wanted to have like a library of books, but every house and apartment we moved to, we moved all these heavy boxes of books with us. And we had a lot of moves um, in the past like five years. So we've just been carrying these books. And then the only places we found for a library of books were like out of sight, on shelves we didn't really like. And it's just as, as we kind of were feeling more and more okay with letting go of things, now we have maybe just a couple of shelves that we keep and we do a lot of digital books. But yeah, it's interesting how once you let go of a few, it gets easier to let go of more, for sure, even the hard things. Talking about, I guess, like those bigger rooms kind of brought up another question that I get a lot from my community of listeners on here, and that is something I would like to hear from you. Um, how do you find time, like if it's a family where both parents are working, after school stuff for the kids, just like a busy life in general? What do you suggest? Because I, I know it seems like this big, like huge task that's not accomplishable for some people.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I hear that a lot as well. And I uh, I always have two responses in my mind to it. And I, I never know the person well enough to know what it is. Number one, people can be really legitimately busy, too busy to find any time to do any decluttering. I I, I don't know if anyone is really so busy that they can't find any time in their schedule to to go through their home. Um, maybe there are people and legitimately they they come from that viewpoint. But there's the other part of me that hears it and I, I just want to think I, I just think to myself, look, if you're if you're looking for an excuse to to not do this, you'll like you'll be able to find it. Like you can always say, I'm too busy to do this and I, I can't implement it in my life. And, and I think there's a point where it's just a matter of priorities, you know, like busyness isn't about busyness. Busyness is about priorities and what, what is most important to you. And are you going to create time in your day and in your schedule to accomplish this pursuit in your life? Um, And, and if you're serious about it, then, we We tend to find time for the things that that are really most important to us. You can just always find an excuse if if you're looking for it, but anyway um so so yeah i I think most of us are busy uh, most of us are living pretty pretty busy lives nowadays, especially if we're raising kids and we're working and um, and how everything uh, goes into it. uh Three things to keep in mind uh, number one, um, any time that you spend. Minimizing possessions results in more time back to you at the end of the day. And so you have to see it a little bit as an investment. If I invest an hour here, minimizing my kitchen, it is going to make cooking meals easier. It's going to make cleaning up the kitchen easier and take less time for for the rest of my life. And so, um, so it's it's like an investment that we, we get time back to us anytime we spend um, decluttering. Uh, number two, I think people um, need to uh, set aside time uh, if they really can't find it. Uh, there was a stretch where I woke up at 5 a.m. for like a, a two-week stretch, and, and I didn't really like waking up early. I usually wake up at seven to get to work by eight. But I just said I'm going to get up an hour and a half early, and I'm going to spend that time decluttering. It's not going to be five five a.m. for the rest of my life, but it's going to be five a.m. for a couple weeks, so I can I can make these changes, uh, make these changes in my home. Um, and uh, so I I think that that usually works for people. Um, So, yeah, I guess those were two. But if I were to recap, the three would be number one, everyone's pretty busy. So I don't think we can use that as an excuse. Uh, Number two, any time that we spend decluttering results in more time back to us. And so number three, then it's just a matter of scheduling it, um, making the time. Um, if you have family close and they can take the kids and you and your spouse can, can focus on stuff for a day, that'd be great. Or take a take a staycation day to stick around and, and make the changes in your home. I don't think you'll ever regret uh, minimizing your possessions. Um, but sometimes we do need to be pretty intentional about um, when we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. People, I think, just automatically think I I think decluttering is fun because I talk about it sometimes and I'm like, I don't think it's fun, but I think it's worth it. You know, I don't, I don't love doing it, but it's important and I've seen how much value it's given my life by, by putting less value, I guess, on my stuff. Um, I think,
1: I think one other thing I should mention is um, I, I think also if you, if you want to minimize, you want to own less, Uh, It's helpful to think in terms of, okay, how long do I want this process to take? Because if you're really busy, you know, like, well, I can scratch out 10 minutes a day to declutter. Like, it's going to, like, how long is it going to take you to get through your home at 10 minutes a day? Like, you don't want to be decluttering for the rest of your life. uh, As Zoe Kim, um, uh, once she wrote um, Minimalism for Families, uh, I think that's the name of it. And like, that's the way she says it. Like, do you want to be decluttering for the rest of your life? Probably <laughs> not, you know. So, so just make this a, a season of life where you're you're going to focus on it, and then once you get it down to a a more manageable state, it's much easier going forward um, after you've made the big changes.
0: Yeah, for sure. How long did it take you to go through your house in the beginning? Good question. I uh, I I delineate
1: into three different timeframes. Uh, it took about three to four months for us to go through like the lived in areas of our home. So living room and kitchen and bedrooms and bathrooms, like three months to get through most of the spaces where we lived our lives. Nine months, if you want to count in the basement and the the shed in the backyard at the time and the garage, like nine months if you want to count those bigger spaces. And then we moved into a smaller home three years later and we got rid of even more stuff when we moved into a smaller house. So three months for the lived in areas, nine months if you count the whole four bedroom, three bathroom home. And then lo and behold, there was even more to get rid of. We discovered when we had less space in the in the new home.
0: Yeah. That's where we we did that. We downsized a few months after really and it was kind of minimalism allowed us to make that choice. I think we realized like we don't need all this space, but we were able to get rid of even more stuff. Um, so I do want to talk to you actually about maintenance because I, I know that's something that you talk about in your book. Um, what is, what does that look like? What does it look like to maintain? And that's a question I've gotten a lot as well as I guess, how do I not reaccumulate and find myself in this again? So what do you suggest?
1: So two thoughts, uh- Number one, there is a piece that we need to overcome consumerism in our life. Um, there, are, there are countless books on the shelf about how to declutter your home. Uh, there aren't very many books about how to stop shopping. Um, like what's the mindset that we need in order to overcome that? And it's different. I, like I think it's different. It, there are a lot of people who want to declutter their home who don't necessarily want to change their shopping habits as well. Um, It it requires a a different thought process of, I think, appreciating, owning less, seeing the benefits of it, um, seeing how it's um, allowed your life to focus on more meaningful things, and then just beginning to see, just beginning to know that you're looking for happiness in, in different places, and that you're finding it in more fulfilling spots. When we start to see that, um, start to see that our money can be used for for really positive change in the world as opposed to just buying a bigger screen television. Um, I think that that helps us overcome consumerism. but even if that's done, there is still a reality, especially when you have a family and especially when you have kids that things just continue to come into the home uh, and things continue to accumulate and having some sort of system in place to, to, to remove those, to remove unnecessary possessions is a, uh, is helpful. Whether it's a time of the year, every spring you go back through and um, make adjustments. Uh, I've, I have found that, so I've been doing this for 11 years now and like, I, I just get to a point where I kind of feel like a space has become too cluttered the, the I don't know how all these clothes got in my closet but they just seem to multiply and it it just feels like there's more than need to be there or the the kitchen the, the pantry closet or the 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 drawers or one of my kids rooms or the garage it just seems like things slowly accumulate and, um, being able to recognize that and saying, okay, it's time to, it's time to go back through this space and, and remind ourselves of what, what needs to, what we can get rid of and and what we can keep. And, uh, with kids, it's different because they, uh, like seasons change and they grow and, and like their seasons of life change and they get into different hobbies and different passions. And, different clothes sizes. And so like, they're changing so much, um, being able to, uh, to go back through.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I love that you talk about that, that it's just like, this is a real thing that, that has to happen. It's not like you declutter once and, and you never have to do it again, but just the fact that there's maintenance that has to happen when they're, especially when there are kids involved. So I actually wanted to ask you, you have your kids were really young when you started this 10 years ago when you kind of dove into a more minimalist life and, and now your kids are teenagers so how do you approach minimalism with them how do you or how have you approached minimalism with them throughout the years and are they like do they have those values or um I guess do you do you have you raised them with those values what does that look like um,
1: yes, I've, uh, I've tried to raise them, uh, with those, with these values and I, I, I've tried to raise them in the same way that you would want to pass on any value to your kids, right? We want them mm-hmm. to be hardworking. We want them to be selfless and kind and justice minded and, um, uh, faith is important to me. And so I want them to have faith. And so like, how, how do you pass on any value to your kids? You, um, talk about why it's important right you you look for teachable opportunities in their life you uh you uh reward positive behavior and you try to correct incorrect behavior um and uh and then and then you cross your fingers and hope for the best i mean honestly everything i want to pass on to my kids ultimately it's going to be their choice whether they're going to accept it or not and so have they bought into it? I, I don't know. I mean, we have certain rules in, in our home and so they, while they're under our roof, certainly there's, you know, some parameters and some boundaries about how much stuff that they can own. Uh, I know that they've always seen it and they can always come back to it. Um, I don't think there's any lasting joy in buying a bunch of stuff we don't need. I'm I'm a big fan of over explaining to my kids. I, 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 I think anything that we're doing in life, any decision we make in life, we should be able to explain to our kids why that's the decision that we've made. Um, and so I, even when my children were young, I'm like, Hey, this is why we're, this is why we're doing this. We're, we're using our money to support these causes or uh, we got to go on this trip because we didn't spend money on a, a bunch of clothes and stuff that we didn't need and toys that we didn't need. We're able to do these types of things instead. Uh, we want to spend less time cleaning and organizing and um, spending more time together as a family, um, helping them see how it um, has affecting their life I think is uh, is super helpful.
0: Yeah that's great okay so i have a couple of questions that i ask all of my listeners and they're just kind of like short fun questions and the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now
1: i think probably a constant battle for me is uh social media and just the uh the draw that that my phone can be um and I, uh, like I make my living online as a blogger and writer. And so there's, there's a, so it's easy for me to use that as an excuse, right? Like, oh, I, it's good for me to be in the Facebook page or on Twitter or Instagram, like interacting with people because that's my business and it's really important to me. And, but, um, but I, I think keeping that in check and, and focusing on life right in front of me is, is always a, constant uh, constant struggle for me so that is where i know i need to constantly be very intentional uh, about my use of social media
0: yeah i i can agree with that that's something i've been i've also been trying to simplify um, it's hard so i can i can relate um, okay last question i have is so what is something that you can't stop talking about right now, something that you're loving?
1: Uh, I started a YouTube channel in um, like September, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that platform. Uh, starting in September of 2018 does not put me as an early adopter on <laughs> the YouTube platform in any stretch, um, but uh, I, I've enjoyed doing it, and I, I always kind of like the – um like what works online and what reaches people and um how do people respond when i do things a certain way and what's the best way to to inspire people and so it's it's still new enough to me that in terms of you know how am i going to do this well and um how can i make a difference on this platform so the
0: yeah that's fun. I, I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. I'll have to check that out. And
1: is it good that I said the one thing I need to be simplifying is social media?
0: <laughs> one thing
1: I'm loving is, uh, is the YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. it has to be something that you enjoy to keep doing it, but at the same yeah, time, how fun. do you simplify it? <laughs> it's good. Um, so I, um, where are some other places where our listeners can find you? They can find you on YouTube, but where else? Um, I, becoming
1: minimalist.com is the, is the best place to, to find me. Um, and, uh, I'll, everything, everything I do tends to, uh, tends to run through becoming minimalist specifically. So that would be the, the best place to find me. That'd be great.
0: Perfect. And, um, I will link to your newest book. I'll link to your other books as well in the show notes. And thank you so much again for this conversation. I think it's just super helpful to hear your perspective on, on really digging into decluttering in the home and and everything else that we talked about. So thank you.
1: I appreciate what you're doing here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview with Joshua Becker. I feel like it was just so actionable. So I hope you are motivated to just go right now and start decluttering your home. And, you know, I really love the concept that he mentioned about the fact that sometimes we hold on to things and these things that we have the, the most trouble letting go, it's because we've somehow attached them you know, to our own value or we've at least believed we were supposed to be this person that was going to need this item or going to use this item well, but it turns out we aren't that person. I think that one of my favorite parts of minimalism is that it has helped me uncover who I really am through letting go of things that, I guess, defined who I thought I was, or at least things that I thought added value to myself. Minimalism has been so key in just self-discovery and learning to love myself for who I am. I hope that you dig deep enough into whatever realistic version of minimalism fits you to get to that point. And if you're still at the beginning, if you're at this place where even just the thought of decluttering and letting go of things feels overwhelming, you know, I hope this episode was helpful to you. I hope it spurred you on to get started. And if you want more support in that, just know that the Make Room Master Course, I've talked about it a lot already here, and that is a great place where I can come alongside you and and cheer you on and, and help you through step-by-step if that's something that you're wanting or needing. So definitely check that out. And also check out Joshua Becker's books. They've made such a huge difference in my life in my family's life in general. My husband really has found a lot of value in them as well. That is all I have for today's show. There is going to be another bonus episode coming on Friday. It's going to be about how to stop cleaning up all the time. So If you do feel like you're always cleaning up your house and that's like all you ever do with your life, this episode is for you. I am going to give you actionable steps towards not living that life anymore. Don't miss that one. Subscribe now so you don't. And if you enjoyed this episode, definitely screenshot it, share it with your people on Instagram. Friend, we just reached hundred thousand downloads on this podcast which is such a huge testament to all of you being a part of this community sharing the show and I'm I'm super thankful for you for that so keep sharing it if it's making a difference for you thank you for that and and thank you for for your role in in this community so until next time let's walk towards simple together friend